Alrighty, welcome back to another edition of What You Spinning. This is episode 19, one week away from the 1995 edition of What You Spinning. It's a, a hot ass Saturday. It's Yorch's birthday. Happy birthday, Palomino. Hey, thank you. Uh, so let's dive into it. We discussed off camera uh, that we're going to go into Matt's first. I know that we've all fucking been like, dude, what the hell? This album. Matt and I were familiar with Floater already, but yeah, let's uh, dive yeah, into it. Let's do it. What uh, you got? I picked uh, Floater, which is, you know, straight out of Eugene, Oregon. We're not, we're not fucking around here. <laughs> <laughs> I picked the album Angels in the Flesh, Devils in the Bone. It's because for me it was uh, at, at that time in my life when the album came out I remember going and buying it and buying another album at the same time and both those albums kind of had an influence on my life as far as music direction and what I listened to at that point and kind of where I went um, so I have oh, a lot yeah. to say about it I have a lot of favorite tracks um, I have a lot of lyrics that I like you know <laughs> I could talk about it forever because it's, it's, it's one of those bands that you know it's just you have a lot of bands that you listen to in your life Oh, that's my band. But like, this is you know, it's it's home. You know, mm-hmm. I hear, I hear yeah. Floater, and I'm like, I can just relax, you know, and I can hear a certain song. It'll bring back a memory um, yeah. or a time in my life that I remember yeah. really well, uh, really well. So, yeah. What do you guys have to say about it? Just real quick on that note, that was very, very well said because I was listening to this album at home the other night, and I was kind of just sitting there thinking because I've like I've been listening to Floater since I was in like the fucking sixth grade, and. Damn. I was telling my, my girlfriend, she's like, how are you liking the albums for this episode? And I said, oh, well, I haven't listened to Angels in the Flesh in God knows how many years. And I was like, I was yeah. actually getting fucking emotional listening to it. Even like mm-hmm. the harder tracks, I was like getting there kind of like, damn, man, like mm-hmm. this, it just does. It's like, I mean, especially being from this area and like having a band that's this just fucking incredible also from yeah. like our hometown or from like my hometown and shit. It's like, God damn dude but dude i had heard a floater mm-hmm. and like i hadn't actually heard their music mm-hmm. and then when you guys said that like when i was gonna pick floater i was like dude <laughs> yes yeah because it like i've always seen it and like but i've never actually listened to it mm-hmm. but i feel like if i would have heard it like five six years ago like i would have just been like sunk in like for sure oh yeah because it's so and they have a lot of projects too like a lot of mm-hmm. albums after so they do they have a lot of like stuff that you could listen to and i i could totally tell if like people heard of this like when it was coming out and went to the shows and everything like it was insane yeah one of the is i've seen them twice and both times it's like one of the best bands i could ever see live their their live show is so awesome and it's like diehards like us that go to these shows and so they just they knock your socks off, dude. And it's the only real. it's the only live show that I've bought multiple times. Like exactly, like, oh, yeah. let's go again. Like yeah. I know it's going to be the same songs, but it's going to be a different version of it, and mm-hmm. they're going to have these visuals in the background, and it's going to be three people on stage doing incredible things with three different instruments, and it's yeah, yeah. So I have never actually heard a floater ever. No shit. Uh, so this is super cool to me because I mean we're all passionate about music, mm-hmm. and like you were saying, to have a band that's super cool coming from 
our hometown. Mm-hmm. Dude, that is so cool. Uh, mm-hmm. And I could see like the first track. Um, it's very. So I've been ha- I've been hanging out at Mulligans, uh, and there's always someone who pulls up with a guitar and just starts singing. And that track is Eugene. <laughs> like, I feel like it, and it's the perfect song to start out the whole album. The uh, days go by and the nights all feel the same. <laughs> yeah. Right? There we go. Yeah, it's uh, super awesome. I really like the yeah. the bees. Oh, yeah. Was, the lyrics to that was really like... And that's a short little song, too, yeah. but it sounds but it's, real fast. Yeah, right? yeah. Right? yeah. It's, uh, where, what does it say? It's like wherever... How's it Wherever the beast goes, I shall follow. Or I shall follow, or yeah. something like that. And then it switches. So shall I. Yeah, so shall I. And then he's, you know, saying like, "I am the shepherd." Mm-hmm. That, that's that same song, isn't it? That's minister. That's minister, mm-hmm. which is the next song. But that's the beauty. See, that right there brings up an excellent point that I have: is that this album flows so well together. It does. To where, if you're not paying attention and like watching the songs like go by, mm-hmm. it'll, it's like it tricks you. Yeah. It's very much a concept album too. Very like, much because that yeah. song is short. It talks about like you know birth and life and death and then kind of uh, rebirth. Yeah, in, yeah. Sense, you in know, a way, it kind of sounds like yeah. it's like telling a story like mm-hmm. of a specific person. Like you mm-hmm. could hear it. And I'm that, not, the fact that you say that, Dorian, like that it you could like lose track of it because endless one and endless two, like mm-hmm. at the beginning and ending, they go into each other. Yeah, they do. Like it ends and it goes back into endless one. Yeah, a lot like the uh, Ghostface Killer, lot, and Bad yeah. Bad. So the fact that it did that, like I caught it again right now that I was listening to it again this morning, mm-hmm. and I was like, whoa! Like it does the same thing. Like it mm-hmm. just, yeah. If you don't keep track, like you'll spend like two, three hours mm-hmm. listening. To yeah, it. you could. <laughs> it's, it's hella good. There's like no skips on this too. No by the way. I'm not, not even to it. like super well versed in in rock. You already put me onto so many rock albums right. already, um, but wow, my thought just left my head. Uh, the rock album, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, a lot of good rock albums. What I was gonna say is that I, even though I'm not really well versed in rock, I feel like I could hear the inspiration of other bands mm-hmm. with this. And when I listen to this band, I feel like it's a very like. The homies getting together, jamming out in a garage. Yeah, with <laughs> I've talked to I've talked to you. Know, I told you my brother met Dave after mm-hmm. the show, and we were talking, and he was like, "Yeah, we used to smoke bulls all the time before when we when we yeah. used to play in the beginning, but after we got older, we couldn't do that anymore. No, forget shit." <laughs> so you know that they had that camaraderie on stage. Yeah, they could just mm-hmm. go out there and jam. But yeah. yeah, and I think you out of all the albums because you and I have talked about their whole discography kind of mm-hmm. throughout this week. I think you picked. There's other there's albums that came out after this uh, Stone by Stone in particular that's like super accessible for someone that's never heard Floater. Yeah. But you picked like the next best one mm-hmm. with like a little bit more going on in it and like not as accessible. But listening to this, I was like, dude, I feel like anybody could fucking like this, and that's a like yeah. case in point. Yeah. And then it's like once you get hooked to a Floater album, you just dive down the rabbit hole, and then it's like you find something else that you love, and it's mm-hmm. insane. The best explanation that I ever heard, and it was just a random thing, I didn't, and I heard it out of the corner of my ear. And I was at a live show at the Wow Hall, and I heard this couple, and it's like, yeah, this is like a modern-day Pink Floyd. And yeah. Like, <laughs> and then my mom's like, no. Whoa. I'm like, but when I thought about it, I was like, you know what? In a sense, it is, with the yeah. lyricism and the way the songs kind of flow to heavy mm-hmm. or melodic, you know? Yeah. 
You do hear similarities, a yeah. A lot of songs that I really like that, like, every time that I heard the album and I listened to it, it really caught my eye. Uh, Settling. Mm-hmm. Dude, that is, like, the perfect song. Mm-hmm. Like, especially for, like, a like a rock song, because it, like, starts a little bit slow, and then it picks up in the middle, like, for the chorus. There's a good um, live version of that song on another Oh, I bet. Yeah. yeah I bet. And then, like, the, like, the back notes that you hear on the guitar, and then you just hear it, like, going in. Like, I, I really liked Settling a lot. That was probably my favorite song, um, and then Mexican Bus. I thought that was yeah. <laughs> that is that was the first song I heard off of this album, and I think okay. it's probably the most. It, it got the most radio play in like the yeah. college area. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's radio. like yeah, it's yeah. like the most popular, yeah. and my God, it's, it's just as incredible. Lyrics, yeah, it's yeah. upbeat and fast, and like yeah, yeah. That we just talked that, about it a couple of times, but like I always like when there's like a, a nod to. <laughs> Latina culture, <laughs> yeah, somehow, somewhere, yeah, yeah, it always makes its ways. Like I don't know why, <laughs> like, and it's got like the chicken noise at the beginning of it, <laughs> yeah, and right. then the bus yeah. starts up. I'm like, oh, I'm like they really are driving this fucking point home right yeah. now, and it's laughable. But then that bass line kicks in, and it's yeah, like, yeah. shit, it's actually good. I really like that song, mm-hmm. American theatric too. Is oh, I really feel like that's gonna oh, be yeah. on a lot of top top three lists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that song is super yeah. cool. Uh, it's really it, kind of like funky a little bit almost. The uh, way it with, starts off? Yeah. 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 For sure. It's, uh, yeah. It's, I can't, yeah. I'm so glad you brought this album up, dude, because like I never heard of Floater. A lot uh, of people haven't. You know, I've been able to introduce this band to other people throughout my life, you know, early on in my life and after, you know, I got older. And everybody that's heard it, mm-hmm. they're instantly a fan. And yeah, it's, it's oh, cool yeah. to see that. And you're like, okay, I'm not crazy. This band is really fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like so like crazy that it's like insane or anything. But it, it like at some points it kind of sounds like it's like alternative rock. You mm-hmm. could say, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. But it's really good. Like yeah. every song that I listen to, and yeah, I, I had not. I've been putting it on the back burner because I'm like, I don't want to, you know, get too into it before you guys to bring mm-hmm. it up so I could actually like enjoy it. Yeah. And damn, I'm glad I fucking waited. Yeah, <laughs> it's. And I think to kind of touch on what you said about like you introducing other people to it, I remember my introduction to this band was I transferred up upriver to Mackenzie, and there's like 75 kids in this whole fucking high school, and the middle school's also in the same building, and I'm yeah. walking around, and there's like four motherfuckers wearing floater shirts, and I'm in like the sixth grade, and I'm like, <laughs> what the hell is this? You know, it's like a super small, tight-knit yeah. community, and so I finally asked somebody, like this kid I had made friends with, I was like, what the hell is floater and he's like you want me to burn you a cd and i was like yeah <laughs> bro i still have that cocksucker you know, dude you know your board from the 90s when yeah. Yeah. Want me to burn you a yeah. CD. and he burned it out of order <laughs> so uh, it was yeah. like like the last the last song it wasn't this album it was a different one but he burned it in reverse yeah and so the, the last track was the first, first. yeah back, it just oh went backwards God. that's funny but yeah. that was my introduction to it and then i was like can you burn me more like what's another album you'd recommend and he gave me another one and that one was actually correct but yeah so i was looking at the discography they actually had like a a, quite a few releases right in a short period of time they have a lot of albums yeah like the what it was their last album came out in 2019 yeah but in the early their early days they was like they were yeah yeah, they started like early 90s i think something from like 93 I think I saw. I was like, what? I think '94 like, was when Sync came out, and then '95 Glyph, and then '98 Angels. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. Was, they kept, yeah. And I remember they always have like CD release parties at the McDonald Theater here in town mm-hmm. or at CD World. 
that was, the, that was the thing. Yeah, I was telling Jake that was the last fucking gig they played in Eugene. Was at fucking mm-hmm. Skips. <laughs> yeah, but they're coming back. So exactly. Coming back, which is cool to see. But coming back to Eugene, so far side, wild <laughs> That's cool that they did that though. They're like still kept it local, you know. Yeah, because yeah, I did yeah. see that they did tour like a lot of the Northwest, like and they've been outside of California, you know, they've been into other parts of the country and mm-hmm. whatnot, and played in various clubs in LA and stuff and we're actually approached by big labels after this album came out I think after Glip came out because that album was pretty mm-hmm. that was an album before this one but they were approached by these huge labels and they were like no no it's homebrew we just want to make music and yeah and do our thing which I think is cool because I feel like it floated because floaters sound definitely changed after a few albums like it got mm-hmm. a little more not mainstream, but like this accessible. Yeah, yeah. You had accessible. To, yeah, they had to you eventually. To. As an artist, if you want to make money, you have to yeah. be a little bit more accessible. But they didn't stray too far away right. from that. So right. knowing that they yeah. stayed true to their game forever, mm-hmm. and then you know, so yeah, you know, I love it. This is five for what? Banners up and everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're gonna be coming to Portland like soon, huh? And Eugene. And Eugene. And Eugene. So, and Eugene. Yeah, that's yeah. where we're going to Eugene. Yeah. Yeah. We should go see this one. Oh, yeah. yeah. It'll cool. be at the McDonald's yeah, at the WOW. It's be, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They'll probably do because they always played at the WOW. I'd be... They always play at the McDonald's, too. Like, yeah. That's, that's where you see all the visuals. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully they go to the McDonald's. Yeah. But do we have anything else about Hopefully it? Hopefully I'm not 86 from there. <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the lyricism in this album because, like I said, they talk about so many different topics, whether yeah. it's, you know, starting out, you know, being born or dying or whatnot. Um, I like the last time. That song, oh, dude! With your street lamp for a soul, I am just one of many insects in your light, you know, dude. And then fun it's lyric. all funny. Yeah. It's a funny line. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah. It's a cool lyric. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then like when he says in the the chorus where he says, "And I call on the dogs again, and uh, all things need an end." And then he's talking about like six feet to go, and then <laughs> later on it changes to six feet below, and it's like it's hard. It's like there's the lyricism it just develops so much in that song this i kept coming back to that one in particular because i hadn't heard it in so long and i was like damn like towards the end of this week i was playing it like twice a day i was like this song fucking smacks dude i yeah i think you could tell uh when someone is very intuitive and very like always thinking Mm -hmm. when they have lyrics like that (laughs) that are deeper than just like simple shit uh, and back to Beast, I was going to say these lyrics because <laughs> it is a short song. It's like a one-minute song. Um, but the lyrics are incredible. Um, With every twitch of the brain comes a thick black chain. Now see the body's a beast, and I am the rider. And whither the beast goes, so shall I. Shall I warm these bones by the dark nine moans? See the body's a beast, I am the rider. And whether the beast goes, so shall I. Yeah. It's like, damn, like he's talking about like, you know, his his pain. You know, yeah. like yeah, wherever sure. wherever my my demons go, I go too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's it is. It's very like introspective almost the lyricism on it. That's too. the word, introspective, yeah. 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 It is. Mm-hmm. And I feel like every floater album has that. You know, it's always, you know there's always a concept album. It's always like different ideas behind everything, and they used yeah. to use a lot of samples from movies and other albums. And this is one album that they didn't do that. Yeah, it was all I've heard of the music. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, but top three, 
Yeah. Take us. Uh, you want me? To, I'll go. Yeah, I'll go, go first. first. Uh, number three, American Theatric. That it's just a good like endless one's a good like start out to it, and then you know you get to American Theatric, and it's like all right, and then Mexican Bus. That's always been one of my favorite floater songs, sure. so I had to put it on there. <laughs> yeah. And the number one, the last time, because coming back and listening to that after so long again, and like you know, it was leaving the branch and shit, and so I was like, man, this is like. Damn, I was like, damn, all right. So Better yeah, cry. the last time, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, dude, I get it because it it moved me too. Like mm-hmm. when I was listening to it, especially like giving it a little more listen. Mm-hmm. Um, still, for sure, unsettling. I don't know why that song. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that song. Um, and then American Theatric, and then Endless too, just because that's. I really enjoy when bands do that. Like they'll have like just like instrumental where it's just mm-hmm. them like playing. Yeah. Because um, you could like tell a lot more like how they vibe and how they're playing. Cause sure. Right. They'll bounce off each other, especially if it's just like, like improv. Like they're just making it up. Like mm-hmm. we'll, like we'll ways. talk about. Yeah. The last a lot of ways. Yeah. But like yeah, it's that I really like that song because they it was just them like going and it's like you hear all the instruments how they like did like the guitar and shit mm-hmm. and they're just like brewing together and they just like melt mm-hmm. so yeah it's I think really yeah good. and it goes back to the whole chemistry thing of, like when you have a good chemistry oh, yeah. it's like it, the music isn't fabricated it's it's genuine it know? just flows like, yeah, yeah you know? it's pretty sick uh what are your top three uh you know I think we all picked American Theatric I feel like <laughs> yeah it's a good song and that was it's my, a it's song, you know man. and it's a song that I, as of being a floater plant sometimes I would skip that song and go to the next track but when I came back to this album you know the more I played it I was like dude there's so many epic parts and changes yeah. mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. I came to like that song a lot more uh, Mosquito oh, yeah basically because he wrote a song about a fucking mosquito which is pretty cool <laughs> and the you way know this, you're in Eugene show me you can buy like all the yeah. lyrics to that the way the song changes it's so dark and like humorous and like it I don't know I like the song and I then, do too uh, it's a good song yeah The Invitation yes uh, I like the guitars the song structure there's so many changes you know with the timing and stuff like that I like that song yeah Honorable Mention is Nothing yeah. That, that song's kind of harsh and more of like a definitely but uh, it was like the midway point of that album it's track 8 out of 17 and it just I, uh, it's a good transition yeah for me I liked it for yeah. Reason. yeah Mosquito was my honorable mention too I okay. forgot to say that when you did but yeah. Mosquito I thought was funny because uh, Eugene you know Amazon Park it's a lot of swampy little areas yeah and, like, <laughs> like a bog <laughs> It's like they're, they're really repping. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Uh, for me, top one, endless one. Mm-hmm. I have to pay my respects just because, mm-hmm. you know, what I told you guys, I've been hanging out at Mulligans and it's just the same vibe. And right. It's here in Eugene. Like, it's the same thing. It's crazy. Uh, American <laughs> Theatric mm-hmm. and The Beast. Yeah. Because yeah. I like. The Beast. We all got demons. Yeah. Good <laughs> the body is a beast. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of did The Beast before and then The Beast. Yeah. yeah. And then Minister into Medicine Woman, too, was yeah. right after that. And so I was like, Concept. man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, damn good pick, Matt. Thank but you. that was Matt's pick, Angels in the Flesh and the Devils in Bone by Floater. We will be right back to talk about the next one. All right. So we just wrapped up talking about <laughs> Matt's pick for this week. And so we're going to go ahead and jump right on in. We're doing George's now. What do you got for us, friend? Uh, 
Stan slash Gilberto. Um, Stan gets and Joa Gilberto. Tall and tan and young and lovely, the girl from Ipanema goes walking, and when she passes, each when she passes goes. It's a bossa nova jazz type album. Um, super awesome. Stan Getz from Philly. Uh, this album came out in 64. Um, an amazing saxophone um, player. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you guys know <laughs> yeah. after listening yeah. to it. Uh, yeah, what did you guys think? I have a lot to say about it. I, uh, yeah. You can tell it's Stan Getz. Tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. He's just... He is destroying that sax the whole time. Just fucking... I guess you could say Stan Getz. <laughs> Stan <laughs> Getz. He gets that Stan sax. Gets it, man. He gets it. And it's... Because, like I had said, I had heard some of his other stuff, but I had never heard this. And, you know, mm-hmm. that, that bossa nova influence with his saxophone on it. Yeah. It's such an interesting combination of the two mm-hmm. to where it's you kind of get lost in thought thinking about it and it just makes you kind of go like you kind of just like zone off and you're like what the? <laughs> you're like this is so weird it's like but why does it work so well it's like and it's yeah. just got, it's like so easy to listen to it's like you know easy listening is like a genre or whatever i don't yeah. mean it like that but it's just like you listen to it and you're like man but if you like really think about it you're like this is really fucking good and very interesting mm-hmm. as a concept i love it a really good um uh, uh, sample of world music colliding, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like Brazilian shit, yeah, with an American saxophone player, yeah, like that's wild, yeah. I think it's, it was, it's considered to be like the the bossa nova album, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. this is like yeah. what made it popular in that genre back yeah. in '64. You know, it's accessible. You know. It's something you can play in the background when you're eating dinner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mad, at, at a party, you know, you can play yeah. in the background and throw it on. Especially whatever. like it was, it was so influential, especially to jazz, because mm-hmm. that that early you have like the Portuguese singer like with an American uh, sax player, and when they collided, dude, mm-hmm. they went like insane. Like everybody yeah. loved them. Like I think it won a couple like awards. It did. And shit. Mm-hmm. It did. Um, and especially that song. Uh, Damn, I didn't even know that. The jazz. That's <laughs> yeah, jazz, dude, best jazz and tremolo. Best jazz. Yeah, and then I think best album. Like three other ones too. Like, Ninety three or something. Mm-hmm. Holy shit! I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. And it's because, dude, the song with uh, Astrid Gilberto. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her on um, the girl from yeah the title track yeah, yeah the first song yeah that song is like iconic like, yeah I, yeah that's the yeah. song you know like, you yeah that everybody knows yeah that yeah. Song. yeah yeah. Like, yeah, uh, I <laughs> I pulled up the track list and saw that, and I was like, "Oh, that's where this came from." Yeah. I was like, "Oh fuck, I know that song." Like, it's exactly like everybody. Yeah, yeah. It's a really uh, so this album. Fuck, uh, it evokes a lot of emotion for me, uh, just because it's like really, um, it's really, uh, <laughs> it's almost like the way he plays a saxophone is really uh, like it caresses me I feel like it's sensual in a sense it, mm-hmm. and it's like really loving and sweet and innocent and and 
pure, I feel like. Yeah. And it's uh, crazy to like listen to it. Yeah, it's um, intense at times and slower. Yeah. Than other parts of the album. And yeah. what I noticed is that the vocalist, so there's like very low like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. drumming. Yeah. The piano comes in randomly. Mm-hmm. But the vocalist and the saxophone are just, they're on par of how loud they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I noticed. Uh, but yeah, it's a really heartfelt, like touching album. Uh, yeah. You ever, you ever, you ever be so happy that sometimes you cry? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> For sure, especially I, with music. Yeah. This is, this is like a perfect example of like, I listen to this and I can't not cry every time I listen to it. Yeah. I like the album cover so, too. It's yeah. so loving. It feels like I listen to this album and it feels like I'm getting a hug. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very warm. It's very like homey. Yeah. Like you could play it and you could, I like, I feel like that for me, like how I feel about jazz, like I could just put it on like late at night if I'm just like mm-hmm. kind of relaxed and like, you know, yeah. just listen to music, like just something mm-hmm. good that I mm-hmm. can like listen to. And it feels just like that. Yeah. You know, especially with jazz. Yeah. I agree. Uh, and jazz is pretty crazy because, like, it's diverse as fuck. Yeah. It's yeah. such a deep genre. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so from everywhere. And the you fact look at New Orleans jazz mm-hmm. and New York jazz, yeah. Way different. Yeah. yeah. And you look at when this came out in 64, there were so many things coming out at that yes. point. Like, there were so many people doing that. There was you know, so many so crazy many collabs. Yeah. 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 Everybody's doing something. The yeah. first one that I had heard actually from uh, Stan Getz was that when he collabed with a. Bob Brookmeyer mm-hmm. there's a song on there that it's like one of also one of his more iconic mm-hmm. songs you gotta send that to me but this song dude like a lot of the songs on this album and you could tell like Stan Getz he's so good at just like doing improv like sax mm-hmm. yeah. especially I heard that a lot um, on the I think third track Para uh, no, it's like some weird name something mm-hmm. like Portuguese something name something Corazón yeah, yeah. That, that song you could hear him just like Cause that's what a lot of jazz is like especially when they were doing live shows like it was just like improv sax mm-hmm. and they were just like going with the flow and you could hear that in that like yeah he's an insane like super talented so what i because i i'd never like researched um anything about uh stan Getz because my dad would just like play this on like car rides because my dad uh he used to like preach is that where you first heard this yeah oh, okay. so my dad would play this and i'd be in the the back seat and I every time he would play this like I would not complain I'd be so taken away by it and I it was just incredible to, to hear this um, but uh, so <laughs> what's funny is that he is known as the sound, the sound yeah because <laughs> of his warm like yeah his warm uh, uh, tone mm-hmm. um, and that's precisely why maybe <laughs> like I, I want to cry every time. <laughs> yeah, it would no, make it, sense. It caught on to you. At, at yeah, yeah, ages, yeah. It stuck with you. That's cool. Yeah, and being like young and listening to that. Like every every time I listen to this, I'm like, anytime music yeah, can man. invoke em- an emotion in you, yeah, it's, it's powerful. It's whether, deep, it's a, yeah. whether it's a vocal or a you know an instrument, it's the soul. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah dude, it, hit, it hits it's a little too hard. <laughs> yeah, I get that way. I'll get sentimental and start, you know, tearing up when I hear some, certain vocalists. Oh, yeah. happens or certain songs. Yeah, you know. And it—that's I think the beauty of music yep. is because there's songs mm-hmm. by 
bands that I don't even listen to their entire discography, but there's like one song by them. Yeah. I might know I might know three songs from yeah. this fucking band, but one of those songs I can't listen to in public. You know what I mean? Because it's like, <laughs> and the band I'm talking about is fucking Sorority Noise. It's like some like punk. It's like a. It's like a, yeah. I don't know what. To, it's like alternative like mellow music, but kind of with some punk aspects. They have a song called No Halo, and it's like, bro. You listen to the song, I want to cry. Fucking put on the music video, I am crying. It's like fucking insane. <laughs> I'll send it to you guys. But but yeah, it's like whether or not you grew up with it, like you just, that's the beauty of it. That's yeah. why I love it so much. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. The, the cool thing about it too, like it's so unique that they, like that he collaborated with uh, with a Portuguese like, uh, like artist because you could, I don't know, something about Portuguese, it just sounds like like just like such a romantic language it's, for some reason. Well, like, it is like, a romantic language. It's just like French and Spanish. And, yeah, it yeah. it sounds so like unique when you hear mm-hmm. him, especially um, on a lot of the songs. Another song that I really liked, um, probably my top three, um, "Corpo Valo." Mm-hmm. That song's really good. Um, I really like. That's where I like really started to appreciate the female uh, mm-hmm. vocalist, mm-hmm. Sam, because um, she was like. Like I hear, I heard her voice a lot more. I felt like, and it, like apparently she didn't really have like crazy like training or anything. Wow, like, all of that. So she just went on and did it. That's mm-hmm. Quiet nights. I like, the, I like the album cover too. Like if you look into that, I that do want to. It was it was done. Okay, yeah, go ahead. I want to draw that with the oil pastels, and I. It was done by a Puerto Rican uh, abstract expressionist really? painter, that, and she did a lot of things for other albums too that came out in that era. Really? Whether it was okay. Boston Nova or Jazz Albums. Her name was uh, Olga Albazu. Damn. Oh, it's kind of uh, funny. I mean, it is abstract, but you look at it and it actually looks like two people that are dancing. Right. It's mm-hmm. very simple, but knowing that she did that for that whole genre, like, yeah. and she was, you know, able to do that. It's a great catch. I did, not, I did yeah. not catch that. Yeah. It's but. such a fitting uh, album art cover for. Mm-hmm. This album, yeah, because it feels the album kind of has a fancy feel to it. And when I look at it that does. album cover, I'm like, if this was like a sculpture and it was all white in like a museum, this would be the music that would play behind yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It's you warm, yeah. it's yellow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it. this is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what this is. Uh, if you know, if I get, if or when I get married, this is playing at my wedding. Oh yeah, you got to. It's it's great i i'm very glad you brought this up and i to speak on like the whole portuguese thing it's like i don't feel like portugal was very represented in music at all at this time and i still you know there's not a lot of bands or musicians at all that come out of there and especially back in the day you know and to work with someone that was already you know pretty decently popular and stan gets from america and then to kind of combine that is just yeah unreal um Talk about collaborations, man. Yeah, no kidding. That early, yeah. 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 Well, it's like we talked about with, uh, shit, Jazz Abroad. Uh, That was hella early, and that was a massive collaboration. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. You see that a lot, especially in jazz, that mm -hmm. they would do that. Like, they would collaborate with an artist, like a vocalist with a saxophone player or something like that. Yeah. It's very... Hancock has collaborated with a lot of people, too. Yes, he has. I love her being. But uh, do we want to dive into the top three? Yeah, yeah, I'll start you off. You got top three. Uh, you know, everybody likes the girl. Mm-hmm. Where you're from, you know, we all know that song. We know that melody. Um, I like the Desperado. I like the vibe of that song. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then uh, Vivo Sahando. 
Mm-hmm. That's got the sax mm-hmm. in it right there. You that's know? the halfway through the song, you start hearing that sax, and I yeah. like that part. You yeah, know? it's so loud though. Mm-hmm. It's just as loud as the the vocals, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. right. Fucking crazy. Yeah, those are my top three. Yeah, I would say number three. Uh, my top three basically match yours almost. Uh, Dessa Finado is number three. The girl from Impamina is number two, and then Corvacado is number oh, one. Yeah, I really, yeah, because as you said, that's really when you start to hear that female vocalist, and I really liked her, too. Oh, yeah. I thought it was interesting that she was on a couple different tracks as well. Yeah. Yeah, I like that, that you brought that up, because she is, like, on, like, the other tracks. Mm -hmm. Um, But that one's, like... Yeah, you can hear her a lot more clearly. Right. And she's, like, in, I think in some, like, she's, like, speaking English, like, you could hear some Mm -hmm. of it. And it's Joao's wife, too. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. 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 Wow. same. Yeah. (laughs) It's pretty fucking cool, man. It's a Man, what are your top three? If I had a top three, I'd Shout definitely go that song. Uh, yeah, the Corcovado. Um, honorable mention for sure. Uh, Desafinado. Mm-hmm. Love that song. Really good song. Um, I really like Sudanso Samba. Mm. Yes, super good song, dude. Yeah, oh yeah that God. was my honorable mention. I love that song, dude. Um, so yeah, that song, Corcovado, and then um, the girl from Ipanema. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. What about you, pal? Dude, it's so hard for me to like. I feel like I'm doing a dis- disservice to yeah. <laughs> to, yeah. If I if I pick a three, um, but I have to pick the girl from Ipanema. Yep. Um, tall and ten, <laughs> like damn, <laughs> dude. Uh. That song in itself is a movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that one, um, and Para Mochar Mi Corazón. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and O Grande Amor. Um, that really, was a good, I really liked that one too. It's, it's really hard to pick. Yeah, like I, it I was. I really like all of these songs so much. Um, yeah, I think just being a kid and, and listening to this, Mm-hmm. Oh, I bet. Dude. I feel yeah. like it would have had a massive impact. Oh, sure. Yeah. Especially That's why I love jazz. <laughs> yeah, jazz is it's Shout so I don't dad. know. It's so like heartwarming, and it's like mm-hmm. it just hits you a little bit more. Like I it, think like, it affects everybody. Differently it cuddles too. you. Yeah, mm-hmm. like for it, sure. Like, I think it's the fact of just like live instrumentation that's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I mean, mm-hmm. jazz really what what it is is it's lyrics with yeah sound. <laughs> yeah, it's like an instrument takes the place of a vocalist in a lot of times, yes. and I. It's a lot of improv too. Exactly, yeah, just kind of doing what they want, and they, you know, it just like you said, yeah, yeah. That's why I feel like jazz albums are so interesting that they manage to, you know, especially an album like this, and you know, we talked about jazz abroad earlier in the cast, mm-hmm. is to capture the true essence of that kind of style of music because mm-hmm. you know, at the time people were going to jazz clubs, mm-hmm. like it was live music. You know, the the like recording shit was just. It was yeah. not incredibly massive, you know, or whatever. And it's like, I also just want to mention too. It's like because of uh, the time and like the instruments that were available, it didn't matter if you were in America or Cuba mm-hmm. or Mexico. You're all using live instrumentation. Yeah, mm-hmm. you could hear this like everywhere. Like yeah, using in its own form. Like something yeah, like yeah. Using a toilet plunger cap as a as a <laughs> yeah. as a fucking much, uh, yeah. mute as a mute for a trumpet. <laughs> 
can, like, you can hear it even on you do you do and it's just yeah something miles davis did with uh he had a like mute on uh his trumpet sometimes to yeah do a quieter tone yeah and even like even in band you go to any fucking band classroom today and they're still using fucking toilet plunger caps <laughs> to for mutes <laughs> on god i'm sure because it's a it's a different kind yeah and so it's just yeah. how how innovative they are with what was at their disposal and some of that stuff mm-hmm. still carries into you know modern times but I love that you brought that brought this album up, George. Same, sure. same, yeah, it dude. It's for a jazz, because like I want to bring up jazz too eventually, and like this is one of those iconic albums. Like, exactly. Especially with such like, for us talk about like instruments and for a sax player like Stan mm-hmm. Getz. Oh my God! Like I, I yeah. honestly didn't even know like this album was like that. Yeah, dude. It like, was. Yeah, it was huge. a lot of. It yeah. Was yeah. Huge. I didn't yeah, know massive. at all. Damn. Yeah. 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 But that was. Getz slash Gilberto by Stan Getz and João Gilberto. Uh, George's pick for this week. We'll be right back to dive into the next one. Thank you. So we're going to dive right on in to my pick for this week, which was Master of Puppets by Metallica. album from 1986 one of the most uh iconic metal albums of all time recently been getting a lot of love due to stranger things uh which is why i picked it out because i fucking love it and i'll get into kind of some backstory of why i appreciate it so much but uh what what song was it may i ask or you said it's in it was master i haven't it was watched master? it okay it was master yeah dude such, i mean i could see why cause yeah this al- i feel like this was their biggest album like Easily coming up, like mm-hmm. it was their third album. Um, at that point, like when they released this, like it was Master of Puppets, like that song, yeah, massive, dude, huge. And it was especially for like the metal, like the metal scene, and like especially mm-hmm. coming up to that. Um, fucking uh, dude, Kurtz, his fucking guitar, dude, Kirk Hammett, yeah, yeah, oh my god, dude, insane, man. I like especially, how there's so many switch ups, too, yeah. Mm-hmm. And throughout this album, yeah, it's it's incredible. And on Master of Puppets, that first guitar solo is actually done by their vocalist because he plays rhythm guitar. Mm-hmm. And so that first like slower solo is all James Hetfield doing yeah. that. And it's this was their so they put out their first album, Kill 'Em All, in 1983. So this and then they did Ride the Lightning in '85, mm-hmm. right? Ride to Lightning yeah. is the only album that I. Well, apart from the other one with uh, Enter Sandman, the, the black, black album, the black yeah. album. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the blue album? I just Ride the Lightning. Ride the Lightning. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the second one. Yeah. I uh, I really like that album. Yeah, <laughs> it's really like good that. too. Mm-hmm. But yeah. that came out in 1985, and so they this came out in '86, and so they did three albums within three years, and all three yeah, of those. And Justice for All. Yeah, and, like yeah. That, that segue into the black album. Exactly, and it was just insane and you just see the progression like they took this album super serious like they were like we want to do we want to make this like as badass as possible basically and like they had a crazy run dude yeah and the 
Kirk Hammett was taking guitar lessons from Joe Satriani in preparation from this for this album. Lars Ulrich, Lars Ulrich, the drummer, went and took drum lessons to like kind of have a more professional kind of feel to be like, yo, we're huge, we're getting huge. Like we need to like hone this we're in. Some not, real shit now. <laughs> yeah, we're not a garage band anymore. Yeah, and, and, Kirk was also using uh, Joe's Joe's help for recording techniques too. Okay? Yeah, yeah, for the whole process of that. One thing, like the. The lyrics, I feel like they're really, what's the word? Uh, like they're really epic. Like they're mm-hmm. really like, yeah. they're they're uh, political. They're like talk about drug use. Yeah, there's a lot of different aspects. Insanity. That yeah. it's like insanity. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what is it? The thing that should not be. It's a whole song about Cthulhu. Yeah. Big old fucking H.P. Lovecraft demon thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's wild. That's another. I. Yeah. I in madness you dwell, mm-hmm. not dead, which eternal lies. Stranger, he wants death may die. <laughs> Whoa! Yeah, it's like the it's just like the their delivery and the lyrics are just so epic and, and big. Epic. Yeah, and I feel it's, like this album is like Metallica's like uh, not a swan song, but like their magnum opus kind of. Yeah, because you have you know when that album came out, they're touring for it, and their bassist is killed in a, in a car accident. Yeah, really? so yeah, so they were. I know that. Wow. This album came out, and afterward they did a five-month tour supporting Ozzy Osbourne, and they were in like fucking Sweden or Switzerland, driving at night, and they hit a patch of black ice, and their bassist Cliff Burton was sleeping in a top bunk with the window open. They hit a patch of black ice, and the bus tipped over. He rolled out of the bus, and the bus fell on top of him, and he died fucking instantly. And so they cut the tour short, went back to America, started auditioning bassists, which... Thank you for correcting me on that episode. That's when Les Claypool from Primus auditioned for Metallica, and they were like, "Get the fuck!" They're out like, of here. Yeah, "They're like, get the fuck out of here." But yeah, so their bassist tragically died on tour for this album. This was the last one that he was on, and every Metallica album up into their fourth one, Justice for All," has an instrumental track on it. And this one was they basically just said, "Hey." Go fucking ape shit, Cliff Burton. Orion on this, the instrumental track. Yeah. There's solos at the end of it that for the longest time we're getting confused as guitar solos and it's the basis. It's the basis yeah. just going bananas. And he's using like wah pedals and shit. Oh damn. Yeah. I he thought was, it was guitar. Dude. No, he was dude, an insane, insane bass player. One of my top three of all time. I did not know that. Yeah. Because I was listening back to it and like I like that song a lot because it's another one of those instrumental tracks. Yeah, and it's a bass like a bass playing that whole time, or like essentially, just... there's a guitar, there's like one or two guitar solos at the end of it. Yeah, whole time it's basically the bass. What the fuck? dude, yeah. that's badass. Now that you know that, go back and listen to it I later, will, and yeah. you'll be I'll like, probably, I'll probably, yeah, <laughs> damn, dude, that's insane. I did not know that. Yeah, I didn't know about that, like that accident and like that mm-hmm. died. This is that that genre that they called thrash metal mm-hmm. for the '80s. Was it like Slayer, Anthrax, and Metallica were the thrash metal bands? Mm-hmm. And this is like cited as you know the influential album that like set the tone for that whole genre. Yeah, like yeah. after this album came out, people were trying to live up to that standard. Mm-hmm. It was you know it was tough for some bands. I see that? Yeah, you know. This is the first metal album that was inducted to the Library of Congress, like Dave Souls' album. I was gonna bring yeah. that up. Yeah, uh, the first metal the first album. Metal, so, you know, so mm-hmm. that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Um, and my little uh, hidden fact: uh, they approached Getty Lee from Rush to produce this album. No shit. But he had prior what? commitments. He had prior commitments, and so they worked. You mentioned Rush. Other, yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. Right. So, 
knowing that he might have been behind that that album, it would have been a different sound altogether. Oh God, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So I feel like what they did was better. Like, yeah. yeah. Like it would have been cool, but yeah. what this is mm-hmm. like it's because it's it's a it's it, it was like it's regarded as one of their best albums, mm-hmm. especially mm-hmm. that it was still coming up and like brand new the third album like yeah massive dude yeah I remember this is to kind of talk about what you were saying with uh, Stan Getz being an early memory for you like this is one of the like one of my first music memories oh, is yeah. this album Damn. my dad would play it in the car and they did a. They did a show with the San Francisco Orchestra or Symphony back in 99. And I was visiting, I was at my dad's and he was watching it live on MTV back when MTV was the shit, you know? And he says, when I told him, I was like, I really like Metallica. When I was like a teenager, he's like, you always fucking have. Because I was three years old in the kitchen, hanging on the oven door and singing, (laughs) Master, Master. Like, legit. He's like, dude, that's like my favorite fucking memory of you was that. And then... We would, yeah, we would drive all, we would like drive long distances, and I would always ask him to put this on. Like, can we listen to fucking Master of Puppets, dude? Yeah, like, yeah, dude? If you've heard metal, if you heard rock, you know of Metallica. Oh, yeah. If you've heard of this album. Even it's me, massive. Who, yeah. I don't even know rock like that, but I know Metallica. Yeah. <laughs> dude, uh, Sanitarium, Welcome Home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. I forgot how good that song was. Mm-hmm. So fuck, and I was like so intrigued by it. I was like looking at like their live shows of it and, and stuff, dude. It's insane and fucking um, Kurt Hammond. He's going insane, dude. Yeah, so crazy and yeah. That I forgot that this was on the, this album. Yeah, that song was on the album. It's so catchy, like especially with the hook and then the solos of the of the fucking guitar, dude. Mm-hmm. And he, he's probably like top he I, I mean I, I probably see him as like top five guitarist easily yeah, yeah. Damn. he's talented as hell and so good. the way that that like the song the whole the way that that whole song is written it's like starts off with that super deep intro and then it just slowly builds up mm-hmm. the solos on this album are intense and I think you see that more from him as a guitarist mm-hmm. you know whether it's his training with Satriani or just coming into his own you see that more and that builds up on to the next album and justice for all where he just goes off dude one dude dude <laughs> right? i'm bringing yeah, exactly. that once exactly. i once oh, i one. score that once i score that i'm fucking bringing it up because that's another that's another album and it came out two years after this so they were they literally released like five iconic metal or four iconic metal albums in five years which yeah. is unreal to me it's a really a testament to how talented they are. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. And one of, speaking on the songwriting of, like, oh, Sanitarium, one of my favorite songs on this, and this is, like, more recent, because, I mean, there's only eight songs on this, but it's, it's still... a short album. It yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. But when you, when you have an album like that, like, that's that short, and you listen to it for fucking 25 years, you know, mm-hmm. you can kind of, you later in life, you appreciate a different song more. Mm-hmm. Disposable Heroes is that song for me. Yeah. And there's... And the way that they wrote it, there's a part in it, and I call it the cock tease Metallica song, because at like the five and a half minute mark, they do this guitar solo, and then they go back to the main riff and act like they're about to end the song, and then they do like this guitar slide, and then it's just right back into a whole other verse, and I'm like, holy shit. And (laughs) I met this guy in high school when I transferred to Thurston, and he's a fucking phenomenal guitar player, and we would get together, smoke bowls, and jam this whole album he'd be playing guitar and i'd be sitting there playing bass and like be sitting there just pouring sweat even if it was the middle of fucking january and just like (laughs) sitting there just getting it and he's just shredding and i'm over there fucking 
blitzing it up too. It was fucking unreal. Got arthritis and shit. Oh my god, dude. We would sit there and afterwards we just have tunnel. Yeah, we would sit there afterward and we'd just be like hands just clawed up because we're just <laughs> dude. It yeah. was insane. They do that a lot though. They mm-hmm. like they'll have those moments that it, they're like building up to it and then it kind of dies down and they like just bring it all around again mm-hmm. and they just go in like they're they're masters of the craft like exactly they know what they're doing and they're like you could tell on this album Master that they're Puppets. doing that <laughs> yeah. yeah that song is i mean it's the title track but it's i know you know it's probably it's so well recognized at this point but to have now a song now especially yeah, now yeah. but but to have a song that's like that insane and i feel like if you you have to really listen to the lyrics to understand that it's about fucking coke addiction. When oh, okay. Yeah, Shit. when he says chop your breakfast on a mirror, taste me you will see <laughs> more is all you right. need. It's a fu- it's a song about fucking coke addiction. Mm. And it's just like, oh my god, like and that just goes into the thematic elements of this album that makes it that iconic and makes it that huge and you know. It's I I get lost sometimes in the lyrics because the the just the sound itself. Mhm overpowers the lyrics for me sometimes i didn't fucking realize that Holy yeah shit, that's amazing yeah it's it's awesome i mean i'll tell you guys earlier when i uh passed that dude in cycling tights with yeah kids, i'll listen to that's your <laughs> <laughs> i know where you got here super quick dude. hell yeah dude he almost he probably could have hit a jump and came out of the yeah. sky like we were talking about that's you floating down like the dream when you came I did in. read something about uh, Dave Mustaine saying he had a writer credits on this album for Leper Messiah. Mm-hmm. But oh, they yeah. were like, "No, you." They're don't. like, "No, you didn't." Yeah. So the singer <laughs> yeah, for they shot that down. Yeah, the singer and rhythm guitarist for Megadeth uh, was Metallica's original guitarist. Oh, okay. And they kicked him out before because <laughs> he was a drunk, apparently. Because he was a drunk, yeah. and then uh, hypocr- hypocritic, uh, he ended up kicking people out for having drug problems too, right. uh, right, out of Megadeth. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But so they kicked him out. Of Metallica before they released their first album, and up until Ride the Lightning, he had songwriting credits because he'd been with them for a while. Okay. And he tried to do it with Leper Messiah off this album. They're like, "No, you fucking don't. Stop. Yeah, go You're play good." Megadeth. They're yeah. like, "You got your royalties. Like, yeah. go focus on your you own band." Your own band. Yeah. Yeah. Shot it down. We're yeah. capping yeah. real hard. Right <laughs> yeah. They're like, "Chill he out." He sells, but who's buying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that album, though. but <laughs> but Ride the Lightning. I I freaking love that. It's a good one. That's funny though that they like tried and they just shot it down. Yeah, he was because he did. I, don't he, know that. I think if he hadn't been at like he didn't have his own thing, it would have been different. Yeah, yeah. but they were he like got mega death, dude. Yeah, like, you're good. Yeah, in in one of their better albums, Peace Sells but Who's Buying came out the same year, like literally a month before this, and so it's like, dude, you're exploding right now too. Like, yep. get off my ass, yep. you know. But uh, my top three off this album, number three, gotta go, Master of Puppets. Uh, Number two and number one, I could interchange depending on the day. Number two, Orion, just because I, I fucking love bass guitar shit, and Cliff Burton's one of my favorite bassists, and getting to see him just go bananas that whole song was awesome. And then number one, Disposable Heroes, that that song okay. is awesome. Yeah, but uh, nice. what about like what about you, Jake? For sure, that's my honorable mention. I'm actually glad you brought Disposable Heroes up. Yeah, because that's such a good album. Like this whole album is pretty much their perfect album but yeah that, i love that song and it, i feel like it kind of goes like under the radar for a lot of people yeah but it's really good i like the the, the hook is really catchy on it 
like back to the front and it's like yeah it just goes in and it's yeah that's a good song um probably for number three yeah master puppets Mm -hmm. really good song guitar solos as always um orion Mm -hmm. i love i i love 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 instrumental tracks Uh uh-huh and they do that and now that i know that's a bass player i'm going back and listening to it Oh yeah, Girl, that's that's my fucking top insane. three now too. That's insane. That's <laughs> insane. That's insane. You kind of fucked me up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and then a sanitarium. Welcome home. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Iconic, bro. Goddamn. Yeah, I would have had honorable mentions, but the other five were my honorable mentions, other than <laughs> yeah. my top yeah. three. So I mean, just... <laughs> now I felt a stank. Why you, Matt? Uh, you know, I really like the thing that should not be. Yep, that was one of my top just for the lyricism in that song. Mm-hmm. Uh, Welcome home, sanitarium, because he's sanitarium. Leave me, you know that uh, Leper Messiah. Uh, oh. That's like a Metallica's '80s staple, like that. You know that song from that band. Mm-hmm. And honorable mention, you know, Master of Puppets for, you know, being a title track, and then. You know, it's all part of Netflix and yeah. Stranger Things now. Everybody knows that song. Yeah. Yeah. We made a whole new fan base now, which is great for which, them. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Social royalties are coming. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. yeah. He actually just, uh, the character, he actually just got invited on stage by Metallica. Very cool. Because like, he can uh, play guitar. Yeah. He played some of that solo in the show. Yeah, for real. He, got, cool. he got invited to like their uh, tuning room, and they signed a fucking BC Rich guitar for him. Nice. That's true. Yeah. Oh, that's dope. But uh, what are your top tres? Um, so I'm gonna go with Master Puppets. Mm-hmm. Have to. Uh, I actually like Battery a lot. Yeah, that acoustic the intro. Track. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so I I listened to the remastered version. Uh, with like um, the live songs and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if it's alright to pick something that didn't originally come from this album, but how dare you? <laughs> or who the bell tolls? <laughs> Pick one off. The, that that's is, from Ride the Lightning. No, but it's <laughs> on the remastered. All right. No, fine. Honorable mention though. <laughs> fine. That no, was Ride the Lightning, but they did like re-release, like for the deluxe. Yeah, yeah, for of this. the remastered. Um, You ain't slick. I knew you. I, like, you ain't gonna get away. <laughs> you, ain't slick. you ain't gonna get away with that. The thing that should not be. Good pick. Uh, I it's just demons. <laughs> yeah, demons. <laughs> Fucking demons, man. I got we, bees in my teeth. Uh, Audible mention from Ride good. the Lightning, though. Yeah. Uh, Creeping Death. Yeah, that's a good one. Nice. Take we picked like a lot of just. Uh, we picked all. I think all of the whole album. Basically. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. 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 Different. That's good. But uh, that was Master Puppets by Metallica. Uh, my pick for this week. We'll be right back to dive into Jacobs. So, we just wrapped up talking about Master of Puppets by Metallica. My pick for this week, we're going to go right on in, talk about Jacobs. What do you got for us? Yeah, so this week, um, some funk for you guys, the Aquatics, I'm doing it.
album came out in 73, right? 72, 1972. Um, yeah, just some good old funk. Mm-hmm. Um, it's some really good stuff, especially who made it and like their backstory on it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot to talk about with this. What, what were your guys' thoughts? Because it's, it's like very, it's kind of up and coming funk and it's kind of like, I guess you could say focus towards like the older group and like the old head or whatever. Yeah. But it's a cult classic, like in the, every sense of the word. Yes. Right. Yeah. For sure. They were like in high school when they made the album and they made one album. Like, like you how said. the fuck? First yeah. of all. Yeah. Like, some 17 year olds made this yeah. album. Yeah. <laughs> the, the youngest member was 17, I think. Jesus. Yeah. That's crazy. So, With you know, their coach as doing the vocals, like. Not even like their own band members. They're like, "Hey, coach, can you?" <laughs> hey, coach, I'm not even up on the track. Sure, like where they're from, but like every time I listen I to the album Philly, for some like, reason, I think it's Philadelphia. I just think of Philadelphia. I think so. Oh, same with I the. So. I forget, man. I same with the uh, Stan Getz. Uh, I I listen to this and I just immediately think of Chicago. I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely really funky, dude. Um, Mary go round. Mm-hmm. That was my first song that I listened to. I listened to it, and uh, I, f- I found that song in 2015. Shout out Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I have a very fond memory of this album and that song yeah. specifically because I, uh, I was driving one time, and my mom was in the passenger seat, and this song came on, and I started singing, and I literally, <laughs> my mom just started laughing at me because I started singing. <laughs> I definitely could tell my mom was like, this fucking idiot. <laughs> Your mom's clowning you. Yeah, like, for real. Dude. Uh, but yeah, I have a far memory of that. Uh, Merry Go Run is such a good song, man. Yeah. YOLO. Yeah. So what's really cool about it um, is when they released this album, like they were already kind of playing just like by themselves. And mm-hmm. what actually started this album that um, Pepsi was doing like a, it, they were doing like a special event for like, they were trying to capture, they called it, like, the new sounds of 90, 1972. Okay. So, like, it was, like, kind of like a contest, like, that they did, like, around the nation, like, around that area. Um, and, like, bands and stuff were, like, coming up with stuff so they could be promoted by Pepsi. And then they would go on to, like, sign them and give them, like, an album that they do. Nice. Holy so shit. they wow. entered this contest. Um, they were in, like, the top ten or whatever. And then from there they got first place so that's how they ended up coming up with this album damn uh, that's really and then cool. it was just like people from the neighborhood like um it it's pre- actually really cool that this um this is a repress but it shows like all of the like it kind of has like a breakdown of what happened um, that's it's, awesome it's really cool like i was listening to it when i was i was like reading it when i was listening to it um but yeah they were just like kids from the from the block from the neighborhood some from like down the street or a couple streets over and they just caught up they met up. They got their coach. I think it was a football coach or something, and he hopped on the vocals for Merry Go Round, um, Where Is okay. Love. I was about to say, I'm like, like, how are they this young? I'm like, the, the Merry yeah. Go Round, he sounds like he's old. I'm right? Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> he like an old person. Like, what is this? Like, this guy 30 years old in high mm-hmm. school? <laughs> super, super senior? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Supreme senior? <laughs> but, yeah, it's the, the fact that they did this, there was this was their only album, like, right. unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They were approached and like you know people would thought that they would make a follow up, mm-hmm. but they kind of like split up because like they 
were unsure, especially at that time for like young kids, they weren't yeah. sure if they'd actually make it. Yeah. So they just kind of branched out and did their own thing. And it's it's like you know those, like uh, the following because I was reading up on it and the like the following and the appreciation that it has. You said it's a cult mm-hmm. classic. It's one hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. But that it's like those movies that come out, you know, and they like kind of do eh at first when it's like the first year that they're out, and then like ten years later, someone's like, mm-hmm. "Y'all actually watched this movie? It's fucking great!" And yeah. that's like exactly what happened with this. Like it came mm-hmm. out seventy two, you know, and people, and then they split up, and it's like, dude, this is like a. I mean, I'm, you look at songs like "Ain't No Sunshine." It's like, yeah, who doesn't? We all know, know that song. Yeah. Yeah. it was done by somebody else to make yeah. it more popular. Yeah, yeah we Ain't all know no that song. Ain't No Sunshine yeah. when she's gone. Like yeah. everybody knows that. It definitely is a cult classic. Mm-hmm. But even outside of that song, the fact that this is one, the only album that they did, it's mm-hmm. such a diamond in the rough kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. To where, unless you came, like, you have to know about mm-hmm. it. Like I had, you had showed me "Merry Go Round" before this, and then I went and. I noticed the album cover and I was like, where do I know this from? And I was like, oh shit, Jacob showed me that song. Yeah, and I played it before like in different occasions. Yeah, and I was like, where the hell, like why don't they have more stuff? And that's wild that they just were like, no, we're not sure about it. So, and then how many ever, how, however many years later, it just There's blows a difference up. between yeah. One Hit Wonders and people who just released an album that is actually fire. Yeah, but don't follow up because yeah. of personal reasons. Yeah, they leave people is, like wanting more. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a perfect example of that. Um, right. And also, I just want to point out the title, <laughs> the album title. Being young, they're like, "We're doing it." <laughs> With eight exclamation points. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the funny to mention. Yeah. I yeah. Like I thought it was really cool, and then also like want to know the the why they they chose the aquatics as their name um, yeah with the yeah. e with the e like why did they choose yeah, yeah. what's that e symbolize like that's, equator that's like, kind of what's rough when that's the album yeah yeah cover it's like and then you could see the the lines wrapped around mm-hmm. it's definitely like very interesting uh, i think they were very creative yeah uh, for being that young i didn't yeah. know that they were that young dude that's crazy yeah no it, it's crazy because like especially at that age like that fact that they were <laughs> the fact that they were doing that and yeah it's it's insane that you know especially because afterward like people they started getting more recogni- recognition um and apparently like the coach passed away like oh, a shit. couple of years ago or a while ago oh, i want to say but yeah they couldn't ever recreate that sound right but it was just so unique at mm-hmm. the time yeah. that yeah, like you said, they were super young when they made this. Um, and just the fact that they... Because that's what they struggled with like mm-hmm. when they were playing is like making something that didn't sound young but kind of could appeal to like modern kind of at that era. I guess you was. could say they were being innovative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They were uh, trying to, for sure. And they captured it really well, especially for that era, like an old, mm-hmm. like like old 72, early... 70s like funk soul album exactly it's like a soul you could funk. He- yeah, yeah you yeah. could hear it right away especially mm-hmm. with the tracks like mm-hmm. i think maybe it's... that's why i think of chicago because i feel like yeah. that's kind of what was going on yeah and i particularly love the guitar throughout this whole album mm-hmm. the whole time <laughs> and especially on like santana I part one both of, both of those both the santana yeah. songs yeah. where he's just like like just going bananas and i'm like man that is just it just sounds fun yeah. it's like damn all right like yeah. i was sitting there bopping to it mm-hmm. yeah just the 
and there's certain like for me it's the guitar that stands out the most but there's certain things throughout it you know that it's like the horn on the touch of you there's like yeah it's one of those to where kind of like when we were talking about zamuto Mm -hmm. how every song there's a different instrument that kind of with that out with the zamuto but for me it was like the guitar but then on on a couple different songs there'll be the sax or the horn that kind of comes through along with that just very prolific guitar playing Mm -hmm. on it Oh yeah, I think "Walk on By" too is like a really oh, yeah yeah. I, really I chose that song, song for uh, Tate. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, the first God. that's like isn't that da, 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 it's like second song? Yeah, yeah. Da, 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 it was fun picking top three for me because mm-hmm. I feel like I had lots of options. I didn't feel oh, like yeah. I didn't feel like I had to like narrow it down. I was like, ooh, I like all of them. Yeah, yeah. Let's, yeah. Just, let's just let's just find one I like. Yeah, they do a lot of like it. That's what's cool about it too. They do a lot of instrumental tracks. Um, like Santana mm-hmm. one and two, mm-hmm. um, walk on by. There's a lot yeah. of songs that it's just them um, grooving, and you could kind of tell that it's like, like a younger group that's doing it. They're not super crazy. Like yeah. they sound good together, but mm-hmm. it's not like out of the or, out of the ordinary for like a funk. I think it's but just it's, the whole chemistry thing too, mm-hmm. um, which is related to Floater when mm-hmm. it's just like a young group that mm-hmm. you know does something. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, yeah, exactly because. When you hear it, like it, they flow so well and it sounds so good, especially on the tracks. I feel like where there is vocals, yeah, because um, ain't no sunshine. Um, where is love? I love that song when yeah. I hear it. Like that is a good song. Even just the lyrics for it, but how it flows and you hear the little for the trumpet, like mm-hmm. right when it cuts into when he's actually like going off. Like it moves me every time that I hear it. Like yeah. I hear it and I can't skip it. Like I something about me is just like mm-hmm. listen to this. <laughs> like right every time that I'm listening to it, it's it just like hits deep in like mm-hmm. some spot. Um, but that yeah, that song, um, Coach definitely knows what he's doing when he's when he's singing that. Oh yeah. Um, Walk on by. I use that song. That song mm-hmm. is super good, especially because you kind of hear the switch up from the intro and then it just cuts into it. Um, and then Merry-Go-Round, that's such a iconic song. Um, I think this is really like a representation of like the oldie sound where they are very like, like a, a doo-wop uh, love song mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. stuff. Because um, I mean, you know... <laughs> Merry Go Round is interesting to me because of the lyrics. He's yeah. like, yo, your love, man, why, stop playing with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and I feel like maybe we all felt that way at, at some point, you know, with a, with a girl that we that we like. Yeah. And that's, you know, what they're, and that's like actually, now that I think of it, I don't know who wrote that song, but that is young love. They're young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, yeah. What are, your, what are your top three? Those were my top three. Those were, um, yeah. Where is Love, um, Walk On By, and Merry Go Round. But I, it's hard for me to pick because all, exactly. all of the songs on the album yeah. I've listened to so much. And it's like, it's not even repetitive. Like, I could listen to the whole album and enjoy the full thing because mm-hmm. it's such a smooth listen, mm-hmm. especially for a funk and, like, soulful album. So. Right. I would have to say number three for me is Where is Love. Uh, number two what they doing uh just because that's like that just the intro yeah uh what they doing and then number one merry-go-round because it's just like i 
You can't not like Marigold. Yeah, right? it's just like, mm-hmm. it just feels familiar, even if you've never heard it before. It's like, oh, yeah. this is like, it's like refreshing almost, you know? Mm-hmm. Those are my top three. Why are you, Matt? I like Merry Go Round. I think that's a topic for all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like Facts, yeah. I like the touch of you. I yeah, that's a good song. I like that. Uh, you know, I you like Where's Love? You like Where's Love? I like Where's Love. <laughs> <laughs> Honorable mention would be Santana Part Two. Yeah, like you said, yeah. I like the guitar in both of those tracks. Yeah, on um, both of those, they just yeah. it's like a follow up to the first one when they're just like you know, like <laughs> yeah. going off and it yeah, it feels really well so. What are your top three, pal? Uh, Merry Go Round, mm-hmm. Walk On By, and Ain't No Sunshine. Because, I mean, come on. Right. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't Who doesn't know that song? Yep. Yeah. You know, you may not have heard of the Aquatics, but mm-hmm. everybody knows that song. Mm-hmm. Right. Hell yeah. Well. Those are my three. Right For on. sure, I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah, it was. Album, I loved it. It was awesome. It's kind of one of those funk albums that... It's not brought up as much as it. Oh, heavily underrated. Yeah, it's super good. Apparently, like when they were making and releasing it, like because they didn't have CDs or anything mm-hmm. like that at the time, so they were making vinyl for it. And apparently, they did distribute because it was with Pepsi, so it was like a big company, so they had mm-hmm. the funds for it. Um, they did distribute. But a lot of it was just locally in that area. Oh. So there might still be stuff, but just like focused in that one spot. That's why. I think it's in there. like important to mention. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For a drink company to invest. Yeah. Yeah. And just like in a, a randomized contest. Like yep. in a group of kids too. What yeah. Happens? Yeah. It, For their involvement in music. Crazy. Fuck Coca Cola. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wearing the Pepsi flag with honor. Yeah. yeah. Coca Cola. <laughs> That's rad. Uh, well, anyway, that was Jake's pick for this week, which was Doing It by the Aquatics. So we're going to go ahead and dive into the picks for next week, episode 20, the 1995 edition of this podcast. We'll go ahead and have Matt go first. What do you got? I'm going to go with a, a band that I've introduced before on the podcast, a band named Fugazi, but it's their 1995 album, Red Medicine, which I think is one of their better albums out of all of them, so I'm excited to throw yeah. that out there. Yes. I'll definitely take a chance to listen to Fugazi again. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. What about you, George? What do you got? Uh, Lab Cabin California by The Far Side. Classic. Dude, I love that pick. <laughs> Me too. Far Side, can't go wrong. And I am going to go with Astro Creep 2000 by White Zombie, Rob Zombie's band before he went solo. Uh, their most iconic album from 95. And what about you? So if you're going 95, you have to pick this. Yeah. One of us had to. Yeah. Jizza. The holy grail. Genius. Uh, Liquid Sword. Yeah. Yeah. Iconic, dude. Iconic so, album. So excited for that pick. And kind of, I mean, we kind of once again are all kind of going in different directions kind of like <laughs> separating down the middle a little bit you know you got a couple hip hop albums and we mm-hmm. got Fugazi's interesting sound and then we got fucking White West Zombie I picked Coast uh, rap for, for once <laughs> for once in George's <laughs> life he traveled across the coast we could have picked shout out we could have picked a lot of good 95 albums oh there yeah there was a lot of options uh, so many good albums fucking Tupac came I changed, out yeah, Tupac yeah. me against the world yeah I changed yeah. my mind uh-huh. a million times Big L Big Goody L Mob, Goody Mob yeah, Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah. Grand Pooba. Shania, Shania Twain. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen's greatest hits. Mariah Carey. Uh, <laughs> she also came out in 95. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh, Christ. 
Well, this has been episode 19 of What You Spin In. Thank you so much for stopping by. We'll catch you next time when we travel back in time to 1995. Keep it real.